Hi there, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and across the Six Nations as Europe's elite go head-to-head in rugby's oldest international competition. Each week, we'll be looking at the QBE predictor, which forecasts the results of each round of matches. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe now and download wherever you get your podcasts. As always, thanks for listening. From The Standard in London, I'm the Evening Standard's culture editor, Nancy Durrant. This is a cut-down special taken from our theatre podcast. To hear more from The Standard Theatre podcast, hit the link in the notes of this episode. This is Cruel Intentions, the 90s musical at The Other Palace. What are the terms? If I win, then that hot little vintage car of yours is mine. And if I win? I'll give you something you've been obsessing about ever since our parents got married. Be more specific. I haven't seen this one. Um, Nick and Nick, what do you reckon? Well, had you seen the film? Actually, no, I'm a bit embarrassed to admit that I haven't. Because it was a film. fairly big film at the time. Yeah, I think I know. it was 1999. Yeah, I remember watching it and, you know, remember quite liking it. But I, I don't think rem- I've seen it. It's one of those ones where you're a bit like, I thought I had, but maybe I haven't. I can't remember, maybe. Well, it's partly because it's, it's an adaptation of Les Liaisons Dangereux, so you might yes. feel like you've seen <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. Yes, there have been so possibly, many other yes, adaptations of it. Seen but that. This, the film was an updating of that mm. to yeah. sort of 90s Manhattan rich yeah. kids. Uh, so the, the, the sort of power, sexual power games of aristocrats mm. are translated to these late teenagers in a private school um, yeah. An enormously sexually active private school <laughs> in, the, in the late 90s in New York. So, yeah, it was starred uh, Reese Witherspoon, Ryan Philippe, and Sarah Michelle Gellar. So, it was a, a, yeah, for, the, for the, the time, the 90s, that was, yeah, that was an all star cast. Yeah. I've got to say, I was slightly dreading this because <laughs> uh, I thought, well, here's another cynical screen to stage nostalgia play. Force in a few songs we've heard of, and yeah, then because it's take, a jukebox musical, yeah, yeah, there's no original music in it. It is it's a jukebox musical, and I thought, I, with a slightly heavy heart, uh, went in, and I had my expectations rather rather blown away. I actually really enjoyed this. Mm. Jonathan O'Boyle is a really good director, and so I immediately thought, okay, I think we're in safe hands here, and I think the direction is superb. Actually, what he does, it canters along. He yeah. never lets the energy slow. Yeah. And what's really fun about it, it is a nostalgia piece. It is quite cynical, but it's done with its tongue firmly in its cheek. Yes, and or in, other, in somebody else's cheek. <laughs> <laughs> and it's brilliant because every time, I mean, this is aimed at a 44-year-old person like myself in that every song that comes up, you're like, oh, it's Torn by Natalie and Brilliant. Oh, it's it's Torn again by Natalie (laughs) Oh, it's Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. Oh, there's the cardigans. And I saw the sign by Ace of Bass, which is an absolutely (laughs) brilliant moment. So you just go through and every time, and you could hear the sort of gasps and laughs all around you. Mm. It's what I'd sort of call a a classic Hindu musical, really. You know, it's it's fun. It's it's a bit shonky. Oh God, don't say that. It's going to be like it's going to be overrun in days. As someone who's <laughs> never been to a Hindu, um, I, I, say that I really enjoyed it. The tone is perfectly pitched, as yeah. sort of quite arch, quite right. There yeah. is so much smoking that I really was concerned that quite a lot of the actors' faces were actually going to slide off the yeah. side of their skulls. Yeah. Because as I say, it's, it's, it's just really hits the nail absolutely right, I think, for that sort of mix of nostalgia. But also, I, you know, I can see younger audiences enjoying this. The film in, in 
being in in the light of 2024 versus uh, 1999 is actually much more problematic than probably any of us remember it being. Yeah. Certainly that I remember it being with storylines of, you know, uh, the, the characters spiking drinks and sort of a consensual sex, non-consensual. It's always been problematic though, wasn't it? I mean, Les Liaison Dangereux is deeply problematic. Yeah. And some of the edges have clearly been smooth. I mean, we've got yeah. to talk about the performances here. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's brilliantly sung, I think, across, and, and it's hilarious seeing these so- songs in this context and well sung. And yeah. there's a couple of debutantes, um, Abby Budden and Rose Galbraith, uh, as the two young, naive women, uh, both both very good. But it, this show is really about the, the, the step siblings, isn't it? I mean, Daniel Bravo, is he exudes sinister, really sinister charm, like yes. creepy charm. He's very, he is very charismatic. You can see why he's got this power over women. It's like the word cocksure was invented. Yeah, for him, it really was so. it? And he does know how to rock a, a silk shirt. As oh, well, yeah, he? absolutely. And he, yes, which not every man does. I'm not no, it's true. He does have a look of Ryan Philippe about him as well. Mm. She's really getting to you, isn't she? If you must know, yes. I don't know what to do. I can't stand that holier-than-thou bullshit, and yet I'm completely infatuated with her. She made me laugh. So that's why you're losing our bet? I'm not losing our bet. It's just taking a little longer than I expected. But the real, the, the real MVP here... Yeah, is Rianne Louise Mikulski, yeah. uh, who, um, you, if you look at her biography in the programme, it seems that she's mostly done sort of tours, some understudy work. I think she was voted best understudy in, in some sort of off-west end awards or something like that. So clearly she's been bubbling under for a while, but here she comes volcanically erupting to the top. I mean, she's just wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't she? Yeah. I mean, she, oh, brilliant singer and huge charisma. Full of, full of sass and swagger. Yeah. And also, she wonderfully sort of punctures lots of the scenes, doesn't she? There are these seduction scenes quite often mediated through these 90s hits. So uh, you have Sebastian, the Daniel Bravo character, and uh, Abby Button, the Annette character, singing Love Fool to one another, yeah. uh, you know, in sort of counterpoint. I mean, sometimes these things work. Sometimes they do not. Yes, like, there's right, just random yeah. things like crowbar in like Breakfast at Tiffany's, but you're so like, oh, I just want to listen to Breakfast at Tiffany's, <laughs> yeah. so you don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the pod. Time for our second review, Six at the Vaudeville Theatre. You can build me up, you can tear me down, you can try but I'm unbreakable. You can do your best, but I'll stand... Well, Six Musical has been, um, has been the runaway hit, really, of the last six years. It's, it's celebrating its sixth anniversary, it's had countless casts which have fed through into other shows in the West End. And we've got a new show coming up from the creators. So in light of that, Nancy and Nick, you went to see it again. Does it stand up? It really does, actually. It was your first time, wasn't it? Was it was my first time, yeah. Yeah, and it was my second. But it was also the first time for my companion, the 12-year-old Vivian, um, who is my goddaughter. And, who... and this was fine-tuned directly to <laughs> yeah, for her, 100%. right? <laughs> she already actually knew all of the songs off by heart. It's an extremely basic format, yeah. actually. You realise, you know, you can see the, the roots of this very small show. You know, six queens, let's have a competition to yeah. see who was treated worse by yeah. Henry VIII. You know, it's quite a competition. Sort of a sing-off, it. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Exactly, all in different exactly. styles. And... I suppose you'd call it gig theatre, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. In a way, it sort of doesn't matter. The book itself, you know, the, the talking, the, the, the structure 
it, it is, as I said, it's a bit basic, but yeah. it doesn't matter because it is all about the songs and mm. the songs yeah. are just knockout. Well, it's true. I mean, they talk very early on about how history is going to get overthrown and how, you know, fans of Hilary Mantel will not recognise the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the queens that they know and Although love there is, a, there is an essay from Lucy Worsley in the programme. In the, in the, uh, Indeed. The program. Indeed. So, you know, it's, it's got its um, sort of uh, intellectual approval. Yes, yes, exactly. It's just 80 minutes of is this sort of pop concert playing off all the, the, the stereotypes and dispelling or trying to dispel the myths mm. um, around the, the six wives of Henry VIII, sort of turning them into girl bosses through the medium of sugary pop, really, isn't it? And, <laughs> yes. and German techno and ballads and other yeah, things. Yeah, I love the it? fact that there is a song in it which actually is nobody's song but is entirely there to sort of put a German techno joke in. Like, <laughs> just like, really, I was like, oh. Okay, cool, fine. All Why musicals not? could be a movie. This is what Frozen was lacking. Yeah. <laughs> it's a German techno <laughs> I don't think Hans Holbein <laughs> fans will have thought that this is how he would be memorialised in the West End, I've got to say. I hadn't really appreciated that each one of the Queen's songs is inspired by what they call the Queenspiration by two <laughs> particular pop artists. So the Anne Boleyn number is inspired by Lily Allen and Avril Lavigne. Catherine of Aragon's number, which is the first one, is inspired by Beyonce and Shakira. There's one, uh, Anne of Cleves, Nicki Minaj and Rihanna, which is my, I think, my, my probably my favourite, but mainly because she has Anne such a great, she actually has such a great time. Just, I'm the Queen of the Castle. Uh, that song is just great. It's so, it's, so good. It's so, so good. And because they've got their own styles and because they tell their own stories, they become really distinctive. I've got to say, I now know in order who the, all of the wives are, which I never did before. Oh, yeah. exactly. It's only taken me this long. Fantastic. But, um, anyone, if they've got kids studying Tudors for GCSE, take them along to this because you will remember. I went to see it when it uh, for the second time when it reopened. It was one of the first West End musicals to reopen during the pandemic when they reopened it with social distancing and it was a blast then. Yeah. And you could feel the, the joy yeah. from the audience then of people being back at the theatre seeing something so much fun. Mm. And it's it, great, this historical story, and it's so imbued with current themes and technology you know at yeah. the end you're you are asked to get your phone out and you know film at the end and and get the yeah they uh, really smartly did that didn't really, they in the marketing of the show yeah. Yeah, i mean yeah, that's yeah, exactly. one of the things it has really built on social media the audience well, that, yeah exactly because they know exactly who their audience is which yeah. is you know people young people who look at social media all the yes. time mm. yeah as you say nick it's basically impossible not to not to enjoy it yeah. i think it's a right royal night out six more <laughs> glorious years absolutely <laughs> That's The Standard. You can hear the full episode or more from The Standard Theatre Podcast via the link in the show notes. This podcast will be back on Monday at 4pm. <laughs>